This is John. And I'm Rick. And I'm Ramey. And I'm a super fan. John and Rick don't watch anime. Welcome to Say the X, an episode-by-episode deep dive of the classic anime series Hunter x Hunter. This time we're discussing the first episode of Hunter x Hunter, Departure and Friends. Twelve-year-old Gon catches a legendary fish to convince his Aunt Mido that he is prepared to take the hunter exam, just like Gon's absent father did at Gon's age. After departing his home on Whale Island, Gon meets Karapika and Leorio, fellow hunter exam hopefuls. During a storm, a sailor is knocked off the ship. He is saved by the combined skills of Gon, Karapika, and Leorio, and a friendship is born. The captain reveals that he is an examiner, and they have passed his test. Next stop, Dole Harbor. So yeah, guys, uh, this is your first uh, episode of Hunter x Hunter. What, what were some things you liked? Or didn't like. Well, so right off the top, the overuse of X in everything had me really confused. So yeah, me the too. episode title is Departure X and X Friends. Why so many X's? One of the reasons this is called Say the X is because you don't say the X. The the title of the show is Hunter Hunter. Uh, okay. And anytime I think it's almost like a dot. In in uh, Morse code, you know where where, where it's like a space, right? <laughs> yeah, or in um, like um, not Morse code, but uh, like in a telegram, there's always a stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's more of like a the the X is a pro uh, a pro code and not actually a letter, and it's like right. this is a pause. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that that was the first thing. I'm like, okay, is this Hunter X Hunter? Is this Hunter by Hunter? And then I started reading the title, and the title is Departure by and by Friends. And um, it was, uh, I, I don't know, maybe maybe I was over trying to overthink it. But that was the first. That was the first thing. Is like, what the hell is the X, and why is it there? And do you actually pronounce it? Um, so. I think it's just <laughs> because the title in in Japanese is Hunter X Hunter. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it's not like it's it's some weird translation issue. That's the title that you get at the top of the show is the title of both the manga and the anime. Like it's not transliterated or anything. Right. So, yeah, I think it's just, hey, X's look cool and I need to put something in between these two words that are the same. OK. Yeah. And that's the other thing is um, my. um is it is it uh, is it kanji? My kanji. That's what they call their script, right? Uh, the, the Japanese has three different modes of writing. There's hiragana, katakana, and kanji. And okay. kanji is is the pictograms. Hiragana is a uh, phonetic uh, that's used uh, that, that that's used in when talking about Japanese stuff and words and other languages that are being transliterated are katakana. Okay. Obviously, even in the opening credits, they use all three pretty liberally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, I sort of tried to learn the phonetic probably like four years ago and failed horribly uh, and then realized that, you know, that's why subtitles exist and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I being kind of the the newbie to uh anime and especially kind of series work, uh 
why why was the the emphasis on watching this with the subtitles rather than the dubs i just i felt like a it would be easier to pick up characters names uh right. b i think that the voice acting is pretty good on the on the sub uh, or uh, in the original it's it's good in the dub though and they do some things that really highlight the humor in in the dub so if we'd like to switch to listening to the dub that's fine but if we get really far in the series the dub only goes up to about halfway oh well right. that's okay i was just curious uh yeah yeah no i mean i just for for a show where we're not being like super sticklers for for keeping to conventions uh, I'm like, no, we must, we must listen to the sub. We must, we must watch the sub. Listen to the original. Yeah, there will There's probably nothing wrong with paying attention to subs. Well, uh, I watched it uh, with my wife in the room uh, at the time that I started it, um, and I believe uh, in my notes here, my first note is um, this is some anime ass anime. Um, yes. Yeah, like this is, uh, it was pretty intense. Um, in terms of like, what, what was intense? Uh, oh man, the, the credits, the, the music, uh, which I really, really like the opening theme. Um, mm-hmm. you know, well, it's I'm just, glad you like it because it's the opening theme for the entire series. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the closest thing to this that I've ever kind of watched is like maybe the the regular Pokemon series, you know, with mm-hmm. my kids. Yeah, the, so the mm-hmm. the opening is just it's it's very much a it's an anime opening, uh, which is not the kind of uh, show I watch generally. So, um, you know, it was just uh, I, I was, I guess, not surprised because, you, you know, that's what we're doing this for. But it was a, a thing where I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I've sat through one of these kind of openings in a long time. Like, this is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really like the opening. I think it does a good job of showing how big the show's going to be. Uh, yeah, I was actually you know. intimidated by the opening, especially since I, like, challenged myself to track all of the on-screen characters. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I was so afraid that I was going to be drinking from a fire hose in episode one. Um, I, I think it wasn't until ep- <laughs> it wasn't until episode two that I felt like I was drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> you you mentioned that you liked the music in the in the uh, in the opening sequence. Uh, I really like the music in general. In this, they have a pretty small pool of of music cues that they use throughout the entire series. And, uh, I love all of them except the funny one, which plays during, uh, Leorio's explanation of why he wants to be a hunter. Uh, that is one of my least favorite pieces of music ever. It's like, and it's, (laughs) I have that in my nightmares. It's kind of like a March almost. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, and it has like a tick tock, tick tock part. Well, but uh, that kind of makes sense with how uptight he seems in the first episode, right? I mean, he is he is wound super super tight, so that tick tock almost seems to make sense. Yeah, abs- uh, absolutely, absolutely, uh, and and it it totally works. I just personally find it 
like 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 nails on a chalkboard, and I always have. Yeah. Just that sound. I I think that his actual like 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 the animation there and his expressions and stuff are like so over the top that 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 you kind of you kind of feel like uh, Karapika does, uh, where you know she where. By the way, Karapika is a man, uh, drawn like a woman, voiced by a woman, still a dude. Yeah, so that that does actually bring up an an interesting point, though, about, um, I forget what the word is, but there's actually a very specific word in Japanese for that androgynous um, state of being. Yeah, there is. Because it's not even androgyny, it's like... Pure, it's like pure, uh, pure genderless, and I th- and and that was the original feeling that I got. It's like, okay, like it's sort of girly, but not. Um, and I actually found Karapika very. I mean, he's supposed to be pretty. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, he's clearly attractive. I mean, as far as a character whose face is two big ovals in a slit, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, he's clearly supposed to be an attractive young person. Yeah, and I, think I think in a way that Leorio isn't. Well, Le- Leorio is um, Leorio is really, really creepy. Really, you, he reads as creepy to you. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, I just looked it up. The word is wakashu. Wakashu. There yeah. we go. Um, so Leorio, very early on, um, like he is. I don't know. He reads like disgusting gangster. Like, um, huh. like I want, like, I, I don't know, like cheap suit, like everything's so over the top. Look at me. I'm so formal. But, you know, like when you when you turn that that blazer inside out and look at it, it's you know, it's 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 going to be like a, a Walmart special or something like he, oh, he just felt so just. I don't know. He felt really, really wrong. I didn't. uh, He felt out of place to me, not necessarily in a creepy way. Um, But that's a thing that I've experienced uh, with kind of anime art in in general is sometimes they their use of caricature uh, sometimes does a thing where uh, it feels almost like characters are from disparate universes, but they all exist together. And that was a big thing in in episode one for me, um, because Gon's world on Whale Island, um, which I really liked that, and I liked that the island looks like a whale. It has like a real kind of uh, Legend of Zelda vibe, Um, Mm -hmm. like a Wind Waker kind of vibe. Um, It feels almost like... Not necessarily like feudal or something like that, but it feels very kind of um, historic and and low tech. Yeah, and very low tech. And then uh, and then they go right. and they 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 show you the the dock when they're going to get on the ship, and the the dock in that area is slightly higher tech than where Gone was living. It almost starts to feel like a city, but then they get on this ship that's like a. Like a Pirates of the Caribbean style sailing ship, mm-hmm. and he meets a businessman on the <laughs> on the ship. Well, and the captain has like a, a very modern looking captain's hat. Uh, by the way, I love the captain's uh, pipe cigarette. 
I think yes, yes, I wrote that down. I love that detail. The little cigarette goofy little coming out of the pipe is is really a great, great detail. Like that's how that's how deboshed he is. He needs a cigarette in his pipe. Yeah. So so the thing with Leorio, I think uh, the the word I was looking for was smarmy. Mm, um, yes. Like he really like just right off the top, just the way he's drawn, the way he's acted, uh, the way he's so uh, like I said earlier, the way he's so tightly wound about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this is a dude that is he's. He's really, really important in his own mind, and he wants to make sure that everybody else around him feels that he's important um, or knows that he's as important as he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really comes it really comes over really, really just Fake. smarmy, like he's excessive. Like, yeah, like like seriously, like like. I, I don't know. Like I said, the, the the suit looks really, really cheap, and I'm like 100 percent sure. That I love it's his suit. Like, you know, I, I, a, a I love his special. blue North by Northwest suit, man. He has a. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of telling on myself here in terms of how much anime I, I'm really familiar with, but he he kind of looks a little bit like a like Lupin the Third. Mm-hmm. And I think that's on purpose. Yeah, I think so. But it's interesting because his personality is more like uptight. So he's kind of like the detective from Lupin the Third, pretending to be Lupin. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he comes across as smarmy, but he's really kind of. Uh, but at the end of the episode, don't you f- feel like he softens? Oh, for sure. Like, like, like the whole point of the episode is to show that he's uptight and kind of not really himself. But oh. then at the end, when he apologizes uh, to Karapika, like that's genuine. Like, yeah. I feel like we see him for the first time in that moment where he's like, where he's like, ah, you just call me Leorio. And look, I, I shouldn't have said that stuff. I, I apologize. Well, I uh, think like it felt genuine. That's a moment for both of them. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I like the most about this first uh, episode is it does a real solid job of, um, Introducing those three characters and kind of establishing uh, their, you know, especially not really gone. He's kind of like a you can read him from a mile away, but um, but they're kind of facade that they're presenting to everyone, you know, so that they come across as tough or important. And then you get that moment where they kind of learn who each other really are a little bit, just a little Mm -hmm. bit. But yeah, absolutely. um, and there's like a bond there. And I, I that's one of the things I really like about this episode is that of those three characters, like Gon is the least defined, but he's also like like his override, overriding naive kindness. Is, I, I really like like he's just a, he's a nice kid and he, you know, he wants to do this thing that, by the way, is insane uh, for completely bizarre reasons i i, I want to talk about that uh in a sec but but like he really does draw those two together when they when they're chewing him out they realize that they have more in common than they thought they did and i i, I just i like that lesson i like that by being kind and trusting in kind people good things happen yeah so speaking of gone um he he struck me so like very early on, uh, like even before they get on the ship, there was a very like Harry Potter, 
uh, Messiah, Luke Skywalker, you know, following in the, you know, in the footsteps of the legend of the father mm-hmm. uh, type of thing um, that happened. You know, uh, Gon's father's referred to and only appears in a photograph, but, you know, the the whole, you know, trying to hunt down the, um, what is it, the master of the... Of the swamp. master of the swamp. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was believe. I thought it was the Lord of the Lake. Uh oh, it might be. I have it as Lord of the Swamp. Uh, I have it as Lord of the Lake. And uh, now, well, I, now I, we're gonna fight. I, I, now we're gonna fight. <laughs> Throwing down. I, I'll I'll be honest. I watched this twice. Uh, once subbed and once dubbed. So you know, I'm I'm breaking our I'm breaking oh, our no. rules. Uh, so I think that the sub said it was Master of the Swamp. Um, but, uh, you know, like basically like his driving force very early on in the episode seemed to be that he, uh, there's this legend of, of his father that he wants to, um, that he wants to follow somehow. Um, you know, he's, uh, like I said, the, you know, the, the, the references by his, uh, by his grandmother, uh, you know, talks about his father, uh, and, uh, I think the villagers, um, the people in the market actually talk about how he was, you know, just like, he did something just like his father, mm-hmm. um, with capturing the master, you know, being able to catch the, the master of the swamp. By the way, um, I think that's really interesting that that basically you catch the master of the swamp and then you throw it back for someone else to catch. Do, do you see them throw it back though? No, you do not. That was my, I, I wrote, and again, I'm, he's Lord of the Lake, not master of the swamp. Um, but he, uh, they're like, Oh, his father caught the Lord of the Lake as well. And he caught him just the same. And I'm like, is it the same fish? I think it is. I, 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 I want to believe it is. Yeah. Well, let's just believe it is. All right, then I, I'll believe it. I think that's part of the passing of the baton, right? Um, it's it's part of it's the beginning of the hero's journey is to actually uh, to actually capture the uh, master of the swamp. Yeah, because it's not Lord of the Lake. <laughs> By the way, I want to. It point never out. was. Yeah. Huh. Sorry. Finish your finish your thought. Oh, no, I was just saying it, it never was Lord of the Lake. It was always Master of the Swamp because, uh-huh. you know, if we're, if we're going to keep yeah, fighting yeah. about it's this, cool. It's cool. we're going to keep fighting yeah. about our it. First, um, our, <laughs> our first social media post is going to be a screenshot of the sub and what this guy's name is. Uh, oh, man. We're, we're kind of skirting around it, though, but there's... For me, I'm really sad about... Like, I'm worried about where this story is going to go because he's not like, I'm going to be just like my great dad. He never phrases it like that. It's always, it's always, I want to know what was so great that my dad left me. That my dad abandoned me. Yeah, (laughs) that's, um, that just seems, that's wild to me. Oh no. He says that. That's how they always say it. Yeah, they, it, he says, I want to find out why my, why my, what job was so great that, that a father would leave his son for? Something oh, along those lines. Yeah, that was in that very tearful goodbye with his mother who turned out to be his aunt. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I remember that. And then, but did he actually say that? Or was that something that, that his grandmother said, uh, no, while they were at the dinner table? He says he it. wasn't in the room. Okay. He, he, says, he it. says it when he's packing. Okay. 
And it's sort of reiterated. I, I feel it's pretty clear that he is doing this to figure out why his father left him, but in sort of a cheerful way. Yeah, that's what creeps me out. That's And it doesn't creep me out, but like I'm worried for him. Yeah. Because uh, when you meet um, Leorio and Kurapika, Kurip, I'm not going to get it right. You, you had it right, Kurapika. Oh, okay, I, I did. Um, they have these very kind of like... Um, very obvious adult reasons to want to become a hunter. And it's explained really quickly on that. Like a hunter is this, uh, very skillful adventurer who does dangerous things and possibly kills both man and beast in order to, to fulfill their job. And so their reasoning, you know, one of them is out for revenge and one of them is out there for kind of like fame and fortune. That's a very adult reason. And there's an understanding of what it is they're trying to become. But with him, because it's all about just wanting to know what was up with my dad. Um, ugh. He's going to have to do it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's sad. It's like, this isn't a carnival ride kid. Well, no, but he's not excited about like, like he catches the big fish and, um, and that was really cool. And I, I actually wish that sequence was longer. Uh, but, uh, he does that and it seems there's a level of fun to that, mm-hmm. you know, and that feels like something in like a, a video game or something like that. You know, you go mm-hmm. and you catch the big fish or you catch the big creature or whatever, um, it almost has like a monster hunter kind of a vibe to it. But the people we meet on the boat, like they're talking about being hunters and not doing fun things like catching big fish. <laughs> no, they, they. I mean, they're scumbags, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, they're they're unsavory types. Uh, yeah, man. but but you know, as unsavory as as they were, um, like, uh, and and this goes back to just Gon's innocence, right? Um, all of these unsavory characters that are, you know, laughing at these kids that want to become hunters, uh, right? Because Karupika and Gon are, are clearly, you know, probably the youngest people. Um, they're definitely the youngest people on board, except maybe for the deckhand. Um, but these are some, like, really rough, burly dudes that turn out to be, you know, not have sea legs. They turn completely green during the storm. Um, but you never see from gone any sort of uh, like superiority. Um, no, like I said, his kindness is such an integral part, but he's also selfish in a, in a way because he really is putting his excitement about going to be a hunter before any other concern from his family. And I think that's very much, I mean, I'm not a father, but I think that's very much a kid thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's, Um, that's part of his naivete. Yeah, but the, the I, mean, I guess the question, though, there would be um, is, like you said, he wants to find out what was so important about this job that that his father would leave the family. Um, but grandmother doesn't do much to to try to stop him. And uh, his aunt just she just does like the most complex pinky swear with him uh, and sends yeah. him on his way. Which I love. I love the long kiss. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cute. I've, I've never actually seen a pinky swear d- done like that. And I think I'm going to adopt it because uh, <laughs> it was really sweet. Um, but they're like they're 
their motions, their their actions to try to stop him or dissuade him. I mean, maybe there's like a prequel or a flashback episode uh, where we see the fight uh, to try to get him not to go. Um, but it's like they were resigned to, oh, well, he's going to do this no matter what. So we're not even going to try to stop him. Well, what can you do with a kid who can carry what looks like, you know, a two ton fish over his shoulders when he decides to do something? Yeah. Like, I feel like the best you can do is be like, hey, be careful. Right. Come back. We'll always love you. You know, like like when he decides he's doing something, he's there's no fighting him. Right. So um, so they're on the ship. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, the captain, um, you know, it turns out that that their trial starts immediately. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And and the captain and was it Katso, uh, the deckhand are actually I'm going to say that Katso's the first examiner. Uh, he may have just been a proctor, um, mm-hmm. but he was definitely part of the first trial, um, you know, and the fact that he was able, uh, you know, by almost killing himself, he was able to get the three of them to work together. Um, oh, I think that was I, I don't think Katso's any part of it. I think he's just a wiener of a deckhand and, (laughs) you know, like, the captain didn't plan any of that. You know, that was just, he he put them in a dangerous position and then saw what they did. By the way, I want to say that that there are a couple of nicely animated segments, but I really like when Leorio and Karapika uh, face off on the deck and like their, their, their clothes are flapping and the, and the waves are coming over and they just, I don't know. I think they look really cool in that moment. Yeah. The, uh, that sequence, um, with, uh, when he's, when he's getting the fish and the sequence where the storm's really beginning to get up big and those two are facing off were probably the highlights in terms of the visual stuff for me. Um, and again, much like the fish sequence, once the captain, he's got the wheel and he's steering into the the big wave and they're doing their stuff. Um, and it goes into like a, a series of like just kind of stills that are moving, showing the big waves. I was really hoping for a little. I wanted more of that because it was a really good looking sequence. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I But I also understand that probably animating that much. That much water on the budget that they had was just absolutely. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Like, like that's, they, they probably had to put that in because they did the really good, the really good animation earlier, by the way, uh, high frame animation in anime is called Sakuga. Uh, uh, just so you know, it okay. means something again. I'm not, what, I'm not here. By high, by high frame. You mean like more than like so, on fours oh, or on threes or you're getting like yeah something yeah, actually that, on that, twos that, or ones okay yeah exactly that when then that when you start getting away from you know the 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 simple movements or the quick movements and the and, and the talking heads when people are moving with a little more grace and or or like like that wave that crosses that crosses between Karapika and Leario like that's that's uh Sakuga so, um, back yeah. back on the ship, um, you know, talking about the, the the captain being an absolute badass. Um, 
he was also kind of um, there's a couple of scenes where he's like standing in a doorway um, mm-hmm. and like he looked um, lecherous, I think is probably the word I'm looking for. Um, and I was um, I was a little like worried for for Gon's safety. Um, before uh, I, I knew that the captain was an examiner. <laughs> I think this requires some context. Before we started this this uh, podcast, I made a con- I, I I said, "Hey, content warning! There's a character who's who clearly has sexual feelings towards kids." Uh, just just a heads up, and I feel like that warning kind of made Rick look for that in every character. <laughs> Yeah. Is, I am st- I wrong? No, no, probably not. I still haven't found it in anyone other than the captain, uh, if we're being okay. honest. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm like, uh, dude, why is this guy, like, so interested? Uh, but again, um, they clean it up nicely, uh, and you realize, or I realize, that the reason that he was watching everybody so carefully, and especially gone, is because not only is he the first examiner um, for the... Uh, for, for the hunter training, he's also um, apparently was uh, uh, Ging's first examiner as well, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. there there is that that sequence where they they reveal that the captain knows Gong's father. Um, Gong doesn't know that he knows his father, I don't think. Uh, and I don't no. think that that's ever revealed to him. But we know right. that. Uh, but like at first when he's sitting there, like looking through the doorway and like watching him really closely, I'm like, is this the is this the pervy dude? Because, um, you know, I'm, I was actually kind of happy that it was going to be like, you know, a couple of scenes in the first episode and then never have to run into it again. Um, yeah. But then they wrapped it up and it's like, oh, you know, he's actually watching them so carefully because he's the examiner and he he's admiring this kid um, in in more of a um, like in a proud uh, like I, I guess the way that any of our professors would have admired us. Uh, yeah, if especially if we kind of if, if we kind of did well you know, and, and we're impressive, yeah. you know, that like, like seeing a friend's kid who's as impressive as their father was or mother was at that age. That's yeah. a big thing. You know, that's, and especially in the same way, like that's, it's, it's odd that mirroring that, that Gon's trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I, for me, I don't know again, because we know so little about about any of the characters within this first episode. Um, the, he, you know, he's gone, goes up and he smells that the storm's going to be big and that kind of tips the captain off and he gets a thing. And there's all these little things that gone does that kind of tips the captain off and makes him connect back to, to gone's uh, father. But I don't know that gone necessarily concretely knows that those are all kind of exact traits that his dad had you know like that's really interesting i don't don't think so i think that's kind of what gave me like the luke skywalker feel of him Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's destiny yeah like you know he he has all of these traits that are like his father without knowing that those traits ever existed it's uh it's something that's inherent in the bloodline um you know, and uh, so that kind of it, it kept bringing it back. And, and of course, you know, my frame of reference, obviously, is Star Wars. I grew up on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a very strong connection with those movies uh, with my father as well as with my son. Um, and so like just 
like watching some of those scenes where people are recognizing his father in him, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of they they actually like, you know, they, they sort of get me in the feels um, a little bit. Um, but, you know, it, that's really interesting. I'd never I, I, I because anime's so different in my mind from like American movie making, especially like from before the two started sort of having impacts on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that I hadn't thought of that. And so, so yeah, you're right. That, that sort of star Wars feel is definitely there. And I'm really curious, like we should check back on this in a couple episodes and see how you feel about it then. Okay. And see if you've found any more connections. Um, so we, we talked about, uh, we talked about why gone wants to be uh, a hunter. Um, but the and and we kind of mentioned why Leorio and Karupika want to be hunters, but um and 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 his is more out of an innocence of trying to understand who his father was and basically why he grew up fatherless. Um and and apparently motherless as well. Um yep. you know, so he he's essentially an orphan that was taken in by his aunt and his and his grandmother. Um but uh it's almost in passing, uh, and, and it was very detailed in, in the in the episode, but it was almost in passing that we talked about why Karupika wants to be a hunter. I mean, yeah. what, they weren't, yeah, they weren't just, uh, <laughs> right, they weren't just orphaned. Like, their entire clan was slaughtered, and they are the last of a bloodline. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I, I thought that, that that needs a little more of a mention than just, you know, it's a good reason to become a hunter. Um, I mean, yeah. and, and if I understood the backstory, it wasn't just that their entire tribe was slaughtered. It's they actually witnessed the slaughter of their entire clan mm-hmm. by a group, by an identifiable group who came in and murdered them. Yeah. The Phantom Troop. Yeah. And they're actually called the Phantom Troop. And, and what's really funny is like with the Phantom Troop, I'm actually thinking of um I'm hoping it pays off, but I'm actually thinking of like a bunch of mimes or like an acting troupe or something <laughs> <laughs> like that's the picture that came up in my head immediately when they called them a troop. It it takes a weird turn um, with that uh, because everything else, even though uh, uh, his aunt is very sad that he's going to leave. Um, you know, with the catching the big fish and then getting on the boat, there is a not necessarily a, a childishness to it, but there's a uh, um, this feels like innocence? a there's an innocence. It feels like a kid's cartoon. Um, yeah. And even when Leorio's like, I want to be rich and do all this stuff, it still feels like a kid's cartoon. And then you hear about the Phantom Troop and all that stuff and. Uh, it does. It takes a real hard turn, uh, which is why I'm scared for gone. Um, but also something about that, like that could have been that could have all felt kind of cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have felt real kind of like uh, overly like overly dramatic and kind of overwrought and goofy. Um, but you mentioned kind of at the top when we were talking about whether or not to do the, the subtitles or the, the dubs. Um, the voice acting uh, for uh, Kurapika when they tell that story um, is real solid and it makes it feel serious and it's not like 
It's not like overacted or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a statement of fact. And it's it's it, it benefits from coming with uh, you know next to Leorio, who's very exaggerated. Um, yeah. But still, it it feels serious and it feels like it's important. Um, and there's you know there's like real danger and stuff there, and I really kind of liked that. Mm-hmm. Well, and there are definitely hints that the hunter exam is incredibly dangerous. Indeed. Like, both from Aunt Mito and the captain. Like, like there are definitely things where, like, people die doing this. Like, right. just the exam. Not even become, not even being hunters. They Trying to become a hunter is dangerous. Well, and then, uh-huh. then they prove that it's not for the faint of heart by basically bailing the entire class from Whale Island, except for the three of them. Yeah. Right. I mean, they they all fail in the storm and, um, you know, the storm, the storm was impressive. But, you know, the the people who bailed during the storm are actually, you know, they're ruffians. They're they're strong. They're confident. They're they're like they're cocky. They're they're everything that you would expect somebody that's about to take like the test of their life um, to be. And these three kids um you know, in their own way are, are just compl- like perfectly suited for completely different reasons where these guys that were really gung ho about it are just not. Um, well, and I think that that speaks to the lesson of Leorio is that wearing that stuff on the outside isn't proof that you have it on the inside. True. I think that um, probably the most important thing in the episode was um, the saving of uh, Katzo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that is uh, that was a that was the the thing that uh, above everything else uh, proved to the captain uh, as the first examiner that uh, these three were actually qualified to be hunters. Um, but. More than just that, I think that it sets them up as like the perfect team, Um, (laughs) you know, despite their motivations, despite their um, their conflicts. uh, And, you know, Karupika and Leorio were in, you know, very open conflict uh, when that scene came up. Despite all of that, um, they they just cemented like instantly. It wasn't, they didn't talk about it. They didn't discuss it. It was just, there is a need. Um, we, we need to save this person and we're just going to do it. It happened automatically. It was like this completely organic thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and And I felt uh, like the episode built to that really nicely. Yes. That, that, that is actually a really well structured episode, especially for a first episode where you can kind of get lost in, in explaining stuff. Like it just, it just shows you. And yeah. John? Yeah, I, sure. I, I agree. I thought it was a really tight episode. You know, and I, I agree with Rick's point about uh, the saving of the deckhand kind of being the the moment of the episode. Um, and I guess if I was going to throw one final thing in there, um, it's I really love Gon's fishing outfit when he's dressed like a tree. Oh, that is so cool. Uh, I do want to, I have, I have one tiny thing. Uh, during the, the scene where he, where he uh, catches the Lord of the Swamp, Master, damn it. Lord yeah. of the Lake. Uh, the, master of the Swamp. He, when, he, when he captures the Master of the Swamp, his, uh, his uh, rod makes a unreeling sound. 
even though it doesn't have a reel. Oh, that's yeah, that's look, that's like the squealing tires in the Dukes of Hazard. No, I know, I know. I like, just I love how unclear it is how long that piece of line is. Oh yeah. Like like I think that that's such a great piece of sort of, you know, Bugs Bunny pulling a mallet out of his pocket sort of stuff. Like like I really I, I like that. I like that it that it's pretty grounded in its own reality. It does have some elements of that cartoonishness. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, that's that's inherent to to anime, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. they go over the top uh, for the sake of going over the top sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that if uh, if if gone is the hero, you know, everything has to be over the top for him. But surprisingly, he doesn't think so. Right. Yeah. And Um, others don't treat it as going over the top. I think that's the thing is that in terms of people being like obviously over the top, it actually remains fairly grounded. Like like Gon gives the guy the medicine. Yeah. You know, in a a broader show or, or of any type that wouldn't be shown. And so I feel like it does those things to sort of say, okay, these are this is here. These this is who these people are. Yeah, but it does it does go big and broad when it needs to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's obviously a universe where there are people who do special and extraordinary things. Thanks for listening to Say the X. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Say the X Pod. Send questions and comments to Say the X Podcast at gmail.com. Say the X theme music by Jake Cook. We'll be back next week with episode two test of tests.